I want to start this episode with something of an apology. I recorded this episode with Georgina uh, two months ago, and I recorded it on January the 5th. Of course, the next day, January the 6th, was the day of the storming of the Capitol, and that proved to be a great distraction for me, whereas, because lots of conspiracy theories arose from such a uh, dramatic and uh, momentous event. And so this episode kind of got uh, left uh, on the back burner for a while, and I finally got around to digging it back up again. And I think it's well worth a listen, because uh, Georgina has some very interesting points to make, which are still very relevant and very interesting uh, in the context of what happened with the storming of the Capitol. So here we go. Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Mick West. My guest today is Georgina. Georgina lives in the UK and she has a friend who uh, believes in conspiracy theories and specifically the QAnon conspiracy theory, which is kind of interesting because QAnon is more of a US-centric conspiracy theory and yet uh, Georgina's friend is in the UK. Uh, Georgina said something at the end of this podcast that I thought would be actually a good thing to start with, because uh, not everyone listens to the end of the podcast, so I wanted to get this in. So let's start with that, and then we'll start into the podcast. I just want to say that if you're living at home at the moment with someone who's into QAnon, come on the QAnon Casualties Reddit. There's loads of support on there and great advice, and it's good to vent um, and you might get some valuable information on how to help someone. And if you do see a friend or family member going down that road, it's best to try and speak to them before they get too far in and to remain compassionate. People aren't idiots because they believe in conspiracy theories. It, it could happen to anyone. So treat people with compassion. Okay. And here is Georgina. Thank you very much for uh, for talking to me. And uh, so you, you contacted me after I posted on a Reddit uh, forum for people who have friends who were stuck down the QAnon rabbit hole. Yeah, so the Reddit's called QAnon Casualties. So what, what kind of drove you to like actually find that community online? I've got a friend who, at the start of the first lockdown in the UK... I wasn't aware of QAnon before any of this. It wasn't something that was in my life. But she started sharing QAnon stuff with me. At the time, I didn't know it was QAnon. Um, I just thought it was general conspiracy theories. I mean, I've heard of, you know, conspiracy theories before. Was this like back in like April, March, April, something like that? Yeah, around that sort of time. I would say at the very beginning of the pandemic, everyone sort of seemed to be on the same page. And then these conspiracies started to, well, I started to become aware of them anyway. Mm. So she wasn't interested in QAnon before any of that. Now, what, what types of stuff was she interested in before that, uh, that were kind of like kind of adjacent to that type of belief? I'd definitely say she was interested in conspiracy theories, ones that I think are quite common, stuff like um, Big Pharma pushing pills onto people that don't need them, anti-vax sort of stuff. I never agreed with anti-vax. I've, I've got a child who's vaccinated, but it's something that you come across all the time. People don't trust the pharmaceutical industry. And I'd say to a certain extent, I agree with some of those conspiracy theories. Not that it's something that's in my life a lot, um, or that I think about often, but you know, there are the concerns that maybe people are being prescribed things that they don't really need or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but she was never into any 
other conspiracies, nothing like 9-11 or chemtrails or anything like that. Interesting. So you would say like anti-vax would be the most kind of extreme thing that she believed in before she made yeah. the jump to QAnon? I would say we're we're both distrustful of the government. Right. But I'd say a lot of people are distrustful of the government. It's kind of Indeed. healthy to have a bit yeah, of a... Yeah. It's like most people, uh, you know, obviously like when you think of a politician, it's kind of like everybody, I think, thinks of politicians as being distrustful characters. It's not really at all unexpected that people are distrustful of politicians and hence hence the government. So that seems to me to be a bit perfectly healthy um, suspicion for people to have. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. It's good to, to always like look at things from two sides and try and work out what the middle point is. Right. So your friend started sharing QAnon stuff with you. How did that kind of like start and how did it evolve? We was talking on the phone one evening and she was talking to me about a few different conspiracies that she'd heard about COVID-19. And um, one of the things that got brought up was that documentary, The Fall of the Cabal, which it was, she sent it to me and I tried to watch a bit of it, but mm-hmm. I found it unwatchable. It wasn't entertaining. It was quite like bizarre, really poorly edited, really long. It's not something that you could just sort of watch and then talk about. It's, I think it was something like eight or nine videos that she was yeah. watching it bit by bit every evening. She talked about some conspiracies that had come from that. There was a a video of a child falling out of uh, a window at Buckingham Palace. Really? Yeah, and I don't hmm. know if that was in the documentary or whether that's something because I I couldn't watch the documentary. It was it was too long. But this video was on YouTube, and we'd spoken about it on the phone call, and I'd then gone to look at it afterwards, and it had been debunked. It wasn't a child falling out the window. It was an actor. And it it wasn't Buckingham Palace. It was it was for some American TV show, but it it come into this conspiracy that uh, Buckingham Palace were part of a paedophile ring, um, and that's how the it tied into the adrenochrome stuff. So the idea there was that there was a child being trapped in Buckingham Palace, and it's trying to escape out of the window, and it, it falls out whilst trying to escape, and somebody happened to catch it on video, and this is proof of this this big conspiracy where the queen and other people are kidnapping children and torturing them. So they make more adrenaline in their yeah. blood and then they drink their blood. Yeah. So we had um, a discussion about this the next day because I said I'd gone and looked at it. And then I uh, said, well, I've read this article on Snopes and I've looked at different things and this is what I think that's when she told me that you can't trust the fact-checking sites Mm. because they're part of the cabal and that you can't trust the information that you can get off Google by reverse searching, that sort of thing, because Google are part of the cabal and they change the dates of things to make it so it doesn't work. So did you you try showing her this video like from Snope? Yeah, so they had an an advert. uh, So it was used on an advert reel. So I I sent her the, um, the advert her response was that it that would that would have been created by google to mm. make this look like it's not true so even though you showed her the evidence that it was essentially not what she thought it was she then thought that that explanation must have been forged afterwards to cover up something that actually happened 
Yeah, and it was at this sort of time that she was sort of saying um, that the Democrats fund Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Then there's all the conspiracies about George Soros funding this vaccine that they're going to use to poison us. Because the QAnon conspiracy contains so many different things, it's it's almost impossible to debunk because it's just too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a, a big problem I have because, you know, something something that I do other than this podcast is is debunking individual conspiracy theories and individual bits of evidence. And it's often referred to as playing a game of uh, a whack-a-mole because you, you whack down a bunch. I don't know if you have whack-a-mole in, uh, in the UK. It's like an yeah. arcade game where you, you <laughs> hit things. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was an American <laughs> game or not. It might be called something different, like whack-a-badger or something. You hit one of these things on the head and another one pops up and uh, it's it's a deliberate strategy and it's it's a, uh, in some regards it's referred to here in the political arena as uh, i think steve bannon who's a guy over here is called it uh, flooding the zone with shit and it's basically you just pour out endless conspiracy theories so no matter how many are debunked there's always going to be some remaining it's a really big problem because they, the people who believe in these conspiracy theories can always move on to another one. And I'm sure that's what your friend would have done. Yeah. So I think some of the, some of the things that she was talking about at the start, like 5G, mm. that seems to have disappeared now. I don't think. Not really? Yeah. Don't, she doesn't talk about 5G being a cause of coronavirus anymore. Um, Do you know why she would have moved it. on from that? Do you think she's just found more interesting things to talk about or does she no longer believe that? I think that's interesting. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. It used to be something that was brought up in conversation a lot. So maybe yeah. she just doesn't bring it up anymore because she knows that I don't believe that it was caused by 5G. But also mm. there's a lot of evidence online. I've seen some good things on YouTube that show like the spread of 5G, where it started and, you know, yeah. the spread of coronavirus and where that started and how it it doesn't correlate that sort of thing. So I don't know, but she was interested in 5G before coronavirus anyway. That was a conspiracy theory that she was already in, interested in. Um, I can remember her sending me a letter that had been signed by scientists, mm -hmm. 100 different scientists or something like that to say they think more research should be done into 5G. But yeah. Would you say like all of her original conspiracy theories were all centered around health yeah like I, I would 5G. say so yeah so she works she works in environmental sciences and i think her um, master's degree is in environmental sciences so that's got a massive part to play and i think there are genuine problems that we have in the world climate cover-ups that would be considered a conspiracy but obviously there are things that are real there are real conspiracies yeah Part of um, this QAnon conspiracy that she follows now is that she doesn't believe in climate change anymore. She used to believe in climate change, but now she thinks that that ties mm. into the conspiracy as well. Now, when you say she doesn't believe in ch climate change, does that mean she doesn't believe carbon dioxide warming the climate? Yeah, so... She um, thinks it's natural. Yeah, so she does believe in obviously plastic pollution that sort of thing you, you can't deny it but global warming she doesn't believe and she also thinks we're about to enter an ice age is it is that a conspiracy in america do you have that or 
climate change thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge thing over here. Uh, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a political split as well. Like the Republicans tend to be more uh, free market people who want uh, industry to be unfettered by regulations. And they see the climate change stuff as being kind of a power grab where they've, they've faked the evidence of carbon dioxide so they can put more restrictions on industry. So you get this, this, this kind of politically based uh, belief in science where the Democrats tend to be more uh, in favor of regulation of industry and the, the Republicans are opposed to regulation of industry. And that's led to the Democrats being more in favor of the science that indicates we need regulation and the Republicans the other way. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot of people, I think, really don't understand the science behind global warming and the greenhouse effect of carbon dioxide and things like that. And so you have to go by some expert's opinion and people end up picking their experts. Like your friend is choosing to believe or Piers Corbyn, mm. uh, even she, she probably doesn't understand the science and Piers Corbyn probably doesn't understand the science either. No. So this ends up being what comes across. I think that's part of the problem as well, because um, I'm not a scientific person and I, I don't, I don't understand the science, but, I try and put my trust in people that I think are suitably qualified, but I feel like at the moment people really distrust um, scientists or the scientific mm. opinion. Um, and I think that that's played a massive part into it. Um, but the problem with QAnon is it's such a large umbrella and it contains so much, so much conspiracy theories can be brought into it that if you believed you were a bit anti-vax or you were a bit climate change denial there's something in there for everyone so people get drawn in um through their their interest and then they take on these other pieces but they also discard the bits they're not that that bothered about mm-hmm. um i don't think most of the people that follow q and on i don't think that they go on um eight coon and look at the drops i don't I don't think that's really even a big part of it anymore. Yeah. I think it's more of a community, community-led thing. Yeah, it, it seems to be uh, almost becoming an established mythology uh, that people believe a, a set number of things. Uh, you know, one of the problems with with debunking QAnon is that it, it seems like you're getting these new things over and over again. Uh, but I think as, as it grows and becomes more established, like you said, people aren't so much following what happens on a day-to-day basis. And that's kind of fracturing now anyway, I think, with the, uh, the election approaching and Donald Trump will be replaced uh, uh, by Joe Biden uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's maybe solidifying the conspiracy theory into something that can be more easily addressed. That's my hope anyway. But I just want to go go back to something you, you said. Well, something I said earlier. Like I said, your friend probably doesn't understand the the science of, of global warming, and and I don't. I was making an assumption there, and I remember you you told me like she has a master's degree, and you just said she's in environmental sciences. So, so is she scientifically based? Would she understand the science behind global warming? She is scientifically based. Um, she works in soil um, management, which is um, mm. slightly different. That's why I'd probably say maybe she doesn't understand the science of global 
warming. She pro- it probably is something that she could understand though if she looked into it. But then I think people look for what supports their current view. And that's part of the issue is that she's looking for things to support what she currently thinks, not not the other side to see what the other side is. She did previously believe in climate change. So she must be looking at some information now that, that tells her differently. What, what role do you think her kind of religious beliefs had in this? My friend is, I would say, spiritual, but doesn't follow an organized religion. She does talk about Jesus, but then she also talks about more sort of pagan type type things so she's always taken bits of religions that she likes or but not strongly religious doesn't go to church on Sunday or anything like that but one thing that I have noticed over this period is she speaks about God a lot more and speaks Mm. about Jesus a lot more and I know that in the uh, American side of this conspiracy people tie it to God a lot so I have noticed that her her speech, she talks about God a lot more or being blessed by God or follow, following God's God's plan. Yeah, yeah over here it's very uh, God and really Jesus-based, I think, uh, kind of in even in evangelical Christianity behind it. There's some of the the people who are famous in the, in the theory, like there's a, a lawyer here called Lynn Wood who has been you know, spouting up a lot of stuff about the election. And, and he often phrases this with, you know, talk about angels and biblical verses. Then there's a former general called Michael Flynn, uh, who uh, is also, you know, says that he's part of God's army and things like that. So it's, you know, there's obviously like a difference in the terms of the evangelical versus secular with the, the United States and the UK. Uh, but it's kind of interesting that that kind of would affect people in, in Britain because like, I guess most of the QAnon stuff is, is very US-centric. I mean, it's not like Q talks about what's going on in Britain very often. I mean, no, that's one of the things I don't really understand. I'd never heard of it, this conspiracy, before coronavirus. And I think that's obviously drawn a lot of people in, in the UK. I was listening to, um, I think it was a QAnon anonymous podcast the other day. And um, they were saying they have a really big following in the Netherlands. And that's where the fall of the cabal documentary is from, which I just find bizarre. I don't understand why there's such a big uh, following in the Netherlands. And yeah. there's a lot of people um, here. I don't know whether it's my friendship circle. There's a lot of people that are drawn to it. But we have David Icke here. And, you know, you come across the old person who, who believes in David Icke. And I think those those people that were already drawn to that have sort of gone over as well um but but q doesn't talk about the uk which i find i find it bizarre that that people here have been drawn in yeah it's like you get all these british people who become experts in american politics and it's almost like they've because you you go onto youtube and youtube shows you what's the most popular thing and america's such a big creator of this content it ends up infecting all these other countries and they become more con- you know, conspiracy theorists perhaps become more concerned with American politics than the, their own country's politics. Yeah. And I've, I've got to say, I followed the election um, in America this year m- more than I would follow an English election. I mean, I'm obviously interested mm-hmm. in politics here, but um, I think I was reloading my phone every five minutes to see what, what the updates were. 
Um, yeah. It was an exciting election that you had. So. <laughs> we've, we've got another one today, uh, which is the the election of the senators in Georgia, which will control the the Senate, uh, which essentially will control the entire government. So there's a very interesting and pivotal election going on today, and of course it's it's all framed in the context of election fraud. Uh, there's mm. this, this big thing about election fraud. I don't know if it's been the news in the UK with this specific thing with the, uh, there was a phone call with Trump and yeah. the, the Secretary of State of Georgia. And Trump was basically asking him to find some votes. And one side frames this as being Trump trying to bully uh, the, the, the guy and the other one, the other side is framing it as Trump justifiably like expressing his concerns uh, but you know, this is this is the context in which this election is going in. So it's it's going to be very interesting today. This is what I'm going to be doing <laughs> this evening. I think is watching the early election returns. Yeah, and the voter the voter fraud stuff. I because of uh, the conversations that I'd had with my friend about coronavirus and these conspiracies, she asked to stop talking to me for a while because she didn't feel like she could trust me or or that I was going to understand what she was talking about. So. We didn't speak for a few months. And then when we got back in contact again, we just sort of didn't speak about conspiracies. Mm. But recently I asked her what her opinion was of the uh, voter fraud stuff in America. And she sent me some links to uh, One America News, which I think is a YouTube. Is that a YouTube news channel? It's not a real news channel. I think they do actually uh, appear on some cable TV uh, stations. It's kind of framing itself as a, a replacement for Fox News, which you know, Fox News in the US has been famous for being very, very right wing and supporting the re- Republicans. But even Fox News hasn't been able to you know, completely support Donald Trump entirely. And so a few other news networks have sprung into existence. And One American News is, is one of those. And uh, it's actually becoming more and more popular uh, with the uh, pro-Trump crowd. And how is this voter fraud stuff perceived in America? Do people believe it or? Oh, yeah. No, it's very, uh, it's believed very strongly by millions and millions of people. Uh, Like a significant majority of Republican voters think there was some voter fraud and uh, a, a large number of people, tens of millions of people, think that the Democrats stole the election. Uh, so it's, it's a big issue here and it's a big problem and it's going to continue to be a big problem for many years to come. And it's being pushed by people at the top, by Donald Trump. Like if you listen to the, the taped conversation that came out a couple of days ago, uh, he just basically repeats a bunch of completely baseless conspiracy theories that he seems to actually believe and uh, all his followers hence believe it because you know if Donald Trump believes it why wouldn't they believe it yeah I, I listened to the phone call and um to me it sounded like he believed he believed what he was saying I don't think he I think he believes in the voter fraud stuff yeah my my friend sent me some stuff by uh is, is it a lawyer Sydney Powell yeah Sydney Powell she was on his legal team for a while and then they had to let her go because she was a bit too crazy for them yeah, so she's she's ha- coming out with a lot of these uh, voter fraud conspiracies. I find it interesting that people still believe what she's saying, even though Trump won't have her on on his team. Yeah, I think uh, that there's two two minds there. Like one one set of people would you know accept that she's a little bit too far gone, and the other set of people in the QAnon crowd 
think that it's all part of the plan. Like Trump let her go so she could do her own thing and he can do his own thing. And then together they would uh, you know, help defeat the forces of darkness. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the stuff she does is a little bit extreme and she comes up with a whole bunch of baseless stuff, but really no, it's it, no more baseless than the stuff Trump is coming up with. It's just a bit yeah. more a little crazy. Like she talks about the Venezuelan government being involved and things like that. And uh, votes being sent to Germany and Italy and, which is yeah, completely nonsense. And then beyond that, there's this other lawyer, Lynn Wood, who Sidney Powell has appeared at, uh, at rallies with Lynn Wood. And, and he's even further along the spectrum. And he's even crazier in the, the degree of conspiracy theories that he puts out there. And he's really into the QAnon stuff. And he was tweeting stuff about some, uh, some actor being the recipient of secret information, then being killed by pushed off a bridge. And there's lots of children being held captive and there's blackmail and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff that I'm sure you've heard this type of thing, Mm. but it's like, there's something for everybody in, in these people. And you can kind of pick which one you want to do. You do the slightly more vanilla ones with Trump and then the more extreme ones with Sidney Powell and then even more extreme uh, with, uh, with Lynn Wood. I guess your friend, kind of tends towards the more extreme stuff, like with the the children and whatnot? Yeah, so she mentioned the adrenochrome stuff back in April, March. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but she is, and my partner is, and he's obviously seen stuff that she posts. And there's been stuff on there about, you know, however hundreds of thousands of children a year go missing, um, where, where do they all go? And then obviously when you look at the statistics, I think it's something like, 98% 98% of those children are found within 48 hours or something. Yeah, that's yeah. the, it's 800,000 is the number, but it, it is, it's just children who are reported missing. And it's, it's generally, uh, you know, kids who have not come home because they're out playing late or something like that. Or there are kids where there's, you know, some kind of custodial dispute, like between parents and things yeah. like that. So it's not like they're really missing as such. It's just, uh, yeah, I think what it gets conflated with is stranger abductions where somebody who isn't known to the child takes that child and they think of that as being the actual number, like 800,000 people are taken away and then yeah. taken to dungeons somewhere and tortured and killed. And people literally believe those, which is pretty scary that they, they, they would. Yeah, and um, I think it can drive certain people to doing extreme things if they believe if they truly believe that the government's stealing or whoever it is is the deep state is stealing 800,000 children a year um if you truly believe that you might end up trying to do something about it Mm -hmm. um and I think that's where this conspiracy is quite dangerous because I think people are or do want to do something and take action you see rallies and um, that sort of thing you have here, anti-mask protests, and there's a QAnon presence um, at those sort of things. And there's a Save the Children uh, protests yeah. or rallies. But then obviously you're going to get people on their own, like Pizzagate, that sort of thing, where people try and take it into their own hands. And that's that's the thing that I find most worrying about this is that um, – people could really ruin their lives um, following yeah. through. Yeah, there's been a few uh, you know, more cases uh, in the States recently. Like there was, there was a pharmacist, like a, a you know, chemist who 
uh, I destroyed some coronavirus vaccines here in the States, like 500 doses, because he, he believed that the, they, you know, that they were doing harm. And so, you know, and then after he got arrested and questioned for this, uh, it came out that he believed a whole bunch of other Q-type conspiracy theories, uh, you know, all, all the, the usual suspects. And he's a guy who's in the local uh, drugstore, like filling people's prescriptions and has been doing this for, for many years. And yet he's, he's got these completely irrational beliefs and who knows, you know, what, what he might've done. But yeah, people do these uh, quite dramatic things. Your friend though, like, you know, I and mean, I guess she's not the type of person who would do anything like that, but no. it, it, are there actions that she has taken as a consequence of her belief? Yeah. So um, not wearing a mask when you're out and about is, is one of them. So in the UK, um, I, I think it's a law that you have to wear a mask in inside a shop or that sort of yeah. thing. But some people are exempt if you have anxiety or um, breathing condition, that sort of thing. There's usually a policy of not asking people and British people aren't very confrontational. anyway. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't wear a mask. And we've got another friend who, who also believes the same stuff. She doesn't wear a mask either and obviously doesn't follow the, the guidelines. Are the gatherings were of people and things like that? Yeah, so that sort of thing, gatherings, using hand wash. She believes that using the alcohol hand wash can actually make you sick. Wearing a mask can make you sick. Um, and obviously, she, she's worried about mandated vaccines, so she, she won't be taking the vaccine. You mentioned in your email that you had a shared interest in cults, which is very interesting to me because there's obviously this kind of overlap about how people get sucked into cults and how you get sucked into beliefs like this. Can you talk about mm. that? Yeah. One of the things that we're both interested in as a hobby, I suppose, is um, reading about cults, watching documentaries about cults. Yeah. We're both really into that sort of thing. The same sort of way that people are into murder documentaries, oh, that yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, my um, wife and I, I are interested in both murders and cults. It's, <laughs> so we, we watch murder <laughs> documentaries and cults documentaries. It's funny that it's such a it's such a big thing. People love that sort of stuff, and obviously, it's all about human psychology. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's one of the things that um, flummoxed me a little bit because we both have this sh- shared interest, um, and I see a lot of similarities between QAnon and cults the fact that she decided that she didn't want to speak to me anymore when I challenged her beliefs that's quite cult-like and in the QAnon casualties reddit a lot of people talk about how their families have decided that they don't want to speak to them anymore because they don't believe what they believe and whether it's Q or people in the Q community have sort of said just get rid of people in your life that don't support your views so I do I find it strange that she's armored with this knowledge of how cults work and how people get drawn in but yet it still hasn't stopped her from being drawn in yeah it's interesting like you say armored with that knowledge because yeah I would have thought that this this knowledge of how something works like uh, this mind control this coercive mind control would in some ways inoculate you against these things uh, maybe inoculation wouldn't be the good phrase to use with your friend because she doesn't believe in inoculation, but armors her against it. it, it's, it if you're aware of the technique someone uses for mind control, 
But yeah, I think you hear about people who get into cults and they all say, oh, I, I would never fall for a cult. And yeah, there's no way it would, it would affect me. And so what this can't be a cult because it's me and I know about cults. So maybe, maybe it gave her a false sense of security, the fact that she knew about cults. Yeah, and I think I don't think there's many people that would say that they that they would fall for a cult. Um, Indeed, <laughs> you know, and people that people that fall into them don't realise until they've left, and it it takes quite a bit of undoing. And I think QAnon's probably the same because it contains so much stuff that it's going to take people a long time to come out the other side. I do I do find it interesting though that yeah. But one of the things that I've been thinking about is my friend's just slightly older than me. And um, when I was growing up, I was aware of 4chan and it obviously wasn't taken seriously. It was a website for trolls um, and 8chan. There was child pornography on there. But she would have grown up when people didn't have internet in their houses. Um, hmm. And maybe she wasn't aware of those sites or because if someone says to me, this has come from 4chan or this has come from 8chan, I'm, I sort of have this knowledge that I'm not going to believe it. Whereas maybe I think QAnon affects people who are slightly older because um, they, they're not as aware of those parts of the Internet. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you do tend to see somewhat older people, like 40 plus Mm. You know, I'm, I'm pretty old myself, but I, 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 I've been deeply involved with the internet uh, since a very early age. So I'm familiar with all kinds of aspects of it. But a lot of the older people, like you say, perhaps, uh, yeah, you, you, you miss out on the new things that are coming out. At some point, you stop following all the new stuff. Like, yeah, you don't know what TikTok is when you get to a certain age. Uh, uh, you, uh, yeah, whatever the the whatever the kids are using nowadays is yeah. how you would describe it. So. Like a younger person, you think might have a better uh, knowledge of what what four chan and eight chan actually are, and so be able to dismiss it uh, more more uh, accurately than the you older people. You just say, well, why wouldn't Q have their own website if they've got mm-hmm. a Q clearance? Why are they posting on some obscure meme internet forum? Why aren't they posting on their own website or? somewhere more reputable um yeah because they could they could come up with something or at least yeah somewhere more reputable because i think the 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 reason they would give is that on these image boards you can use this anonymous verification code the trip code uh, which proves that it's the same person posting or at least a person who has the same code uh posting over and over again but if it was um legitimate they could post on the dark web they could use a vpn and they could put it in one place rather than just being corrupted by all this this nonsense around them on, on 8chan and 8chan. It's a very good point. Uh, well, how do you think your friend would respond if, if you raised that point with her? I don't think she follows the drops on 8coon, so I don't know how she would feel about that. I'm sure she would probably come up with some sort of answer. She would. I listened to a really interesting podcast recently about QAnon called uh, Q Clearance, um, where they talk about who, who Q actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think it's actually run by the Watkins family, the the people that own Acoon. Ron and Jim Watkins. Yeah, and there's a lot of interesting things to say about them and why why you wouldn't follow some these guys. They're not the morally the best people. They they're talking about a paedophile ring 
Um, but yeah, they run a site where paedophiles are allowed to post child pornography. It always reminds me of you know people excusing Trump's uh, sins uh, because they think he is a you know an agent of God or a, you know a, a weapon of God, and they're just using him for this this thing. And they might excuse this the fact that it's gone through eight chan for similar reasons, but you know it just it's, which seems like a pretty bizarre belief to me, but I guess some people might do that. This is another one of the things that's baffled me is that previously my friend hated Trump. She thought that he was, you know, as horrible as I think he is because of his attitude towards women, racism, that sort of thing. But I've seen her post MAGA on a Facebook page, which I just like find absolutely, it's just a 180. She went to a festival a couple of years ago and there was a guy there who believed in QAnon and she when she came back she told me oh there's this guy there he believed this crazy conspiracy and it was Mm. embarrassing but now she recently said to me oh we're really good friends and he sends me all this really good information and I used to think he was crazy but now I think he's got the right idea. Do you you feel like your friend is a different person now? Yes it's it's difficult i one of the things I've been wrestling with is is this person I still want in my life they believe things that are massively against what I believe, but they are still my friend. I don't know, will we be able to have a normal relationship again because QAnon takes over people's lives. They don't think about anything else. It's something that they do their whole, in their whole spell of time. When they speak to you, that's all they can speak about because if they believe these things that are so horrendous that are happening in the world, they can't not think about them or it's a massive part of their life. To me, it's my friend, but for other people, it's their family members, especially if we're being locked down together. People are with their parents that maybe be believing it, that sort of thing. And it's it's a it's a big dilemma to sort of decide, is this something that I'm going to try and help this person out of this? Or is this something where I'm going to say, I'm just going to step aside and let them get on with it? Because it is so huge that it's going to take a long time. What do you think the the future holds for you and your friend? I was kind of hoping that after the election, things would die down. I was really hoping for Biden's win because I was hoping that people would come away from Q and see nothing's come true. Um, How can we keep following something if none of it comes true? But I feel like because they've based such a massive part of their lives on this belief, it would almost be worse to just discard it. Um, So they, in a way, they have to carry it on for themselves. So I'm not sure if if I'm if there's anything I can do. I think uh, perhaps you know the the election itself wasn't conclusive for a lot of people uh, because uh, you know Trump is still president for (laughs) for the next uh, few weeks. Uh, So perhaps there might be a better opportunity after Biden becomes president. And it becomes more clear that Trump did not, in fact, win. And the, the, if there was a plan, that it didn't actually work. And so perhaps there wasn't a plan. Because right now, I think the Q people are reframing uh, Trump's loss in the election as being essentially part of the plan. Yeah. yeah. Right at the start, they were saying it was a trick to expose election fraud. And all this election fraud was going to be exposed. They had like secret, secret barcodes on the on the ballots and things like that. And there was all these theories about what was actually happening, none of which is coming true. And if we get to this this hard stop when Biden becomes president, 
I would hope that that uh, you know, becomes a turning point uh, for a lot of people. It won't be immediate, I'm sure, but it will be. It's a very solid thing. You know, Biden is now president, whereas right now, after the election, he's not president mm. yet, and there's all this dispute. So maybe you know, wait a few weeks and uh, reevaluate. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm hoping that, that that will make a difference. I mean, I'm hoping that, I mean, I think tomorrow there's meant to be a blackout. That's what I think oh, yeah. Q's predicted. So hopefully, well, obviously that's not going to come true. <laughs> yeah, I think things, things are going to happen uh, over the next few days, which will clarify these predictions. Like you know, if there's a blackout that's being predicted and it doesn't happen, uh, is that a wake-up call? And you see lots of people who used to be Q believers and something mm. didn't come true and they, they, that allows them to question it. But obviously in cults and, you know, religious like millennial religions where they think the end of the world is coming things can go wrong numerous times before people yeah, they just move the date forward it. yeah yeah they say oh it wasn't the blackout or they will claim that they themselves prevented this thing from happening and it was their warnings of this thing happening that caused it not to happen which is a useful get out of jail card yeah and i also hope that when the um coronavirus restrictions start to become lifted when the vaccines rolled out and we can start seeing things sort of going back to normal that that will help yes because i think a big thing that plays into this is that um people think that this isn't a temporary thing that this is what the government actually wants people to be um locked down and not be able to meet up together um, yeah, I totally agree. That's going to be a huge thing because there's been predictions from the very start that it's going to be martial law and uh, everybody's going to be ushered into concentration camps or whatever, or it's going to be a continuous lockdown. Uh, yeah. But I think hopefully, you know, we're, we're not going to go back to exactly the same way things were before for uh, quite a long time. But over the next year or two, things are going to return to normal. And that I think will uh, will damp down some of the flames, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it'd be nice for us all to get out of this situation anyway. <laughs> um, yes. Interesting that it's, it's a unique time in human history, really, as we had we had pandemics before, but we never had pandemics with the internet and and chat rooms and uh, and being able to talk like you and I are talking right now. And it's 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 uncharted territory, mm. and it's it's. The historians are going to look back on uh, on this period as uh, uh, as being a very interesting one, and we just got to cross our fingers. I don't think that YouTube has helped. I think obviously mm. um, YouTube have tried to fix their algorithm so that people don't get just conspiracy videos. It used to be that if you looked at conspiracy theories, you just only got conspiracy theory videos. We used to have a joke in our house that if you just left YouTube running, eventually it would start playing conspiracy videos because you'd come yeah. back to it eight hours later and there'd be some video about nine eleven. <laughs> you think, where's that come it, from? It's interesting because you usually get this skewed perspective, I think, of conspiracy, uh, well, of, of YouTube and what's on it. Uh, I, I did some experiments where I you know, started with a clean browser so I didn't know who I was. And the stuff it shared was the most boring pap imaginable <laughs> it was it was like colorful videos of people dancing and uh uh youtube influencers like sharing their vacation photographs yeah. and things like that which i think is actually what most people watch on youtube 
uh, is this kind of really you know, mundane, ordinary stuff. And if you are interested in conspiracy theories, you end up getting this, this, this very distorted view of the world because the conspiracy theory stuff on YouTube is only like 1% of it, if, if that, in, in terms of what people actually watch. You look at the big YouTube channels, um, the big, uh, I can't think, you know, PewDiePie or someone like that who just makes silly videos about video games and, mm. and memes. Uh, that's, he's got like, whatever it is, like, a, you know, 200 million or a billion followers or whatever it is. But then you get the conspiracy theory people who have 200,000 followers. And yet, if you're interested that you're in that, at, yeah, yeah that's, that's all you see. You don't see PewDiePie. PewDiePie never shows up on my feed, but all this conspiracy nonsense does. So you got to try, I think, to break people out of this, this bubble and this tiny little bubble, really, and get them to see the, the real world. It's a challenge. In a way, it's sort of taken over my life because it's mm. something that I'm looking at all the time now. I don't believe in it, but it's something that I'm constantly looking at or wanting updates on and listening to podcasts about it um, and watching stuff on YouTube and debunking stuff. So in a way, even though I'm not a conspiracy theorist, it's sort of it's a huge part of my life now as well. Well, I suppose in a way it's an extension of an interest in uh, cults or, or even like people who listen to murder podcasts. I wonder if you listen to murder podcasts, like My Favourite Murder, you might get the impression that people are being murdered all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, <clears throat> it, it's, not, it's not as big as, as people think like this, you know, especially like the adrenochrome aspect of it, you know, the more extreme aspects of it are a, a fairly small number of people. Obviously, the, the election fraud thing is quite popular and anti-vax is quite popular. But these, these more extreme things, I think, are pretty, uh, pretty um, marginal. Yeah, most people that I mentioned QAnon too don't, don't know it. Um, obviously, I'm in the UK, so it's, yeah. it's different. But yeah, most, most people that I've sort of mentioned to here don't know about Pizzagate, don't, don't know about QAnon, not, some, not something that's on their radar. But mm. then you do see people um, sharing conspiracy-related content or QAnon-related content without actually knowing about QAnon. Do you, do you have like uh, any kind of British or European uh, conspiracy theories that are somewhat similar or at the same level as that that you're aware of that we might not have heard of um, in, the, in the United States? The same as um, QAnon. Yeah, in terms of like you know, there being some kind of deep state conspiracy to do certain. I mean, what about the the Great Replacement theory? Have you heard of that one? No, I've not heard of that one. Yes, like a theory that uh, white people are being replaced by immigrants as oh, a deliberate okay, yeah. uh, way of changing society and uh, changing the power structure or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've sort of heard of that sort of thing, but that's, I think I would say that's probably pretty fringe. Um, yeah. It's a white nationalist type thing, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys in America are much better at conspiracies than we are. <laughs> Well, we've got uh, <laughs> it's the whole JFK thing. The whole JFK thing, I think, uh, was was a big part. It, they've been around for since before JFK, and they've, they've been a a constant feature of the uh, extreme right or the radical right, as they were called here, before the JFK assassination came around. But that's kind of thrust it into the mainstream. And you know, the very term conspiracy theory itself only really gained in popularity 
after the JFK assassinations and then after uh, the RFK assassinations, Martin Luther King as well. Uh, there's kind of a, this slew of assassinations in the 60s. And I think the whole conspiracy theory thing kind of dates back to around that time. And of course, the, there's a conspiracy theory about that, which is that the term conspiracy theory was invented to denigrate people who believed in these conspiracy theories. And because it also came out around that time. But yes, I, I agree with you. The Americans do do conspiracy theories at a, a different, uh, in a different, different level. Uh, yeah. Than the and rest of the world. Like I said at the beginning, there are, there are conspiracy theories that are real. Like you've got stuff like MK ultra and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So there are real conspiracies. Um, and that's one of the things I always point to when I discuss discuss it is that um, the amount of people that would be involved um, for this conspiracy to work, yeah. that, that eventually it's bound to leak somehow from a reputable source. And you see that with conspiracies that ha- that are real, um, that it's there's too many people involved for them to keep it sort of under wraps. That's yeah. why, you know, a lot of these things, they don't... They don't stand up because why are people not saying anything? Yeah, and I think that's even more true now. I, I, I was thinking yesterday, you know, this tape came out uh, like straight away uh, with this, this this phone call. When you go back to times like Watergate, where tapes were actual tapes and there was no way of the public actually mm. listening to a piece of audio. Like, how do you actually, the only way you would hear it is if it was aired on the evening news or aired on the radio or something like that. Uh, whereas now things get out so quickly and everything is the potential of being recorded. It's, it's probably a hundred times harder now to keep a conspiracy uh, secret than it was back in the 1960s. And even in the 1960s, relatively mundane conspiracy theories came out all the time. Yeah. And so. stuff gets leaked all, all the time to the press um, in the UK, you know, from the government um, yeah. stuff is getting leaked, gets leaked all the time. Almost every week think, there's, a, uh, there's a leak. <laughs> I think they, the conspiracy theorists would claim that all those leaks are actually controlled disinformation. So you, they kind of wrap it all up as being part of the plan, I mean, which you know is a Q, a Q strategy, uh, that everything is part of the plan. So if something appears to be going wrong, that's part of the plan too. And if something doesn't come true, that's part of the plan. So it's, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. And I think one of the things that, that draws people in is this idea of there being a plan um because mm. life is chaotic and there isn't a plan um no one really knows what they're doing it just shows the way that this pandemic's been handled that, yeah interesting you know they are trying to follow the best advice that they can but they're, they're juggling other things like the economy that sort of stuff and it's just sort of shown there isn't really a plan we're all winging it and I think that yeah. people like the idea of there being a plan. Yeah, that's quite apparent when you, they, one of the sayings of the QAnon crowd is trust the plan. And you, you hear that repeated over and over again. It's like a mantra. And I mm. think it, it does actually have like a calming, soothing effect on your mind. You know, trust the plan. There is a plan. Trust the plan. And you know, if, if you trust the plan, it's like, the same religious effect of like having faith in God, like trust mm. God's plan is a direct equivalent to that thing. Like we don't know what, why we're going through this hardship, but trust God's plan. And now we've got trust Q's plan. And I think it helps people uh, get through difficult times. If they have trust that there is some kind of plan that it's all going to come out well in the end. 
Yeah, because we're obviously in a crisis at the moment. And I, I think it's like, yeah, people become drawn to religion when they're in a crisis. And, and I think people have become drawn to this because we're in a yeah. crisis. It's nice to feel like there's a plan. Even if what the plan is is horrible, it's a plan. And it's to combat all this evil that's going on in the world. Then let's just follow the plan. And I think before... Um, COVID-19 people was sort of the QAnon thing sort of seemed like it was dying down a little bit that's the impression that I got um, yeah. but obviously as this pandemic's progressed it feels like it's ramped up again yeah indeed yeah it's given it fresh wings and the election has become the, a focal point of it as well which you know gave it a huge boost especially when uh, yeah, Trump did, didn't disavow it, and then other people around him started echoing Q-type things. It's really become pretty mainstream now. And, yeah, I think I was, along with a lot of people a year or two ago, thinking it was just nonsense that didn't really deserve too much attention. But obviously that, that was wrong, and uh, it's become this very significant force in American politics, really. When I am... Um first sort of heard about QAnon and I was looking into debunking it that sort of stuff there wasn't really a lot out there for debunking QAnon that um I was looking on Metabunk your site um mm -hmm. yeah there wasn't much think, there really yeah no because I don't think yeah people didn't take it seriously it's like a kooky thing it's like people that follow David Icke it's sort of really out there like really far along the conspiracy timeline um and yeah, I don't think people were paying a lot of attention to it. It didn't seem some, like something that a lot of people were really into. It was just like a few extreme people. But now it seems like that it's it's leaked out a lot further into society than than it was initially anticipated to. Yeah. Well, let's hope that uh, I guess we'll uh, see what the next six months will bring. Yeah, I'll be uh, interested to find out what happens at the end of January. Hopefully. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh... <laughs> I'm glued to my computer with uh, every new development here. This is always something new coming along. Well, uh, is there anything else you think uh, you, you want to bring up that you haven't talked about? I just want to say that if you're living at home at the moment with someone who's into QAnon, come on the QAnon Casualties Reddit. There's loads of support on there and great advice, and it's good to vent um, and you might get some valuable information on how to help someone. And if you do see a friend or family member going down that road, it's best to try and speak to them before they get too far in and to remain compassionate. People aren't idiots because they believe in conspiracy theories. It, it could happen to anyone. So treat people with compassion. That's great advice. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Georgina. That's been a really interesting uh, conversation. Yeah, thanks for talking to me.